0: Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Real Estate Disruptors. Today we have Dan Bro with House Buyers Club, and he's from from Rochester, New York, to talk about how he went from struggling to massive debt to paying off his debt in less than 12 months. If this is your first time tuning in, I am Steve Trang, founder of the Fast Homes app, the only MLS for off-market wholesale properties, and I'm on a mission to create 100 millionaires. Uh, we do have our workshop coming up in three weeks. If you want to see if you qualify, please go to disruptors.com. And if you get value guys today, please tag a friend below, share this episode, comment, so on. If you guys can really do this, it would help us a lot because that way we can all grow together uh, because the rising tide does lift all boats. And this is a live show. So please ask your questions for Dan to answer. You ready? Ready. All right. So first question is what got you into real estate? I've always liked houses. Uh, and
1: when I was, when I first started in real estate, I was in the medical device field and I was looking into retirement investing and didn't like the options I saw Yeah, and started reading some real estate books, uh, saw all the advantages that it had long-term and short-term and, uh, thought I could do that
0: too. So you didn't like your options you saw as in like 401k or? yeah. Yeah. Just the uncertainty, <laughs> the lack of control, you know, I
1: have a right. little bit of a control thing. <laughs> sure. So, um, yeah, it just seemed way more appealing to me. The, the cash flow, the ass, the depreciation, the equity gain just right. made sense to me. So what books were the ones that opened your eyes? So I think pretty much everyone that's been on this show has probably read rich dad, poor dad. Um, God, I, honestly, I've read so many books. I, I don't even remember them all. Um, <laughs> I read, I went through, I talked to every real estate investor I could find in Rochester and, mm-hmm. and interviewed them and read every book, you know, even House Flipping for Dummies, Rental Properties for Dummies, all all those. I, I read as much as I could.
0: Why, well, I, I really like that part where you went to go talk to everyone, all the other investors in Rochester, because that's kind of how I started was I always interviewed, right? I can I pick a brand? and go to lunch and so on? Mm-hmm. So that's what you did. So talk to t- talk to everyone. How was that experience? I learned a lot. I mean, a lot about what I wanted to
1: do and what I didn't want to do. You know, not all these guys were thrilled with what they had done, the bu- businesses they had built. Um, really? Yeah. Just, you know, landlords, uh, tenants are a pain. <laughs> mm. gotcha. uh, you know, areas to stay out of, you know, some of those city properties, they look like they cash flow really well, but then you look at who's inside them mm-hmm. and the, t- the headaches you have to deal with. So right. that
0: helped me steer away from that. Yeah. Um, Can't make decisions based on just the cap rate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not always what it seems. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So when was that? When you were like investigating your options and just, which direction to go? Yeah, that was I
1: started all this about five years ago. So started out, uh, flipped my first house, did all the work myself. That was a mistake. Um, it was a disaster. I've never had again. Why was that disaster? Just I hated it <laughs> about every second of it. Um, it took me away from from my wife. Well, we weren't married at the time yet. But, um, you know, I was I had a full time job and then I would go there after work on weekends. It just took up all my time uh, and I didn't really know what I was doing that much. It was I was learning on the job and you know, I think we maybe broke even on it, but uh, you know, my first time, I I made so many
0: mistakes. Well, you're also working full time, too. Yeah. Yeah. So you didn't quit to go do real estate yet. No, not at that point. Okay. So what was that journey? So the first flip was a mistake. I mean, Mm -hmm. what I've said to people before, if you don't lose money in your first flip, you actually came out ahead. (laughs) Right. Right. Because you get to learn a lot on that first one. Yeah. So did you continue on this flipping like progress? Like what did you do? Yeah, after that, so I started acquiring a
1: few rental properties and then decided after that experience of doing the work myself and how well that went, uh, decided to hire some crews to do the work. And so at that point I got, I got a pretty good crew. There was about six guys that were doing all the work and they were able to do pretty much everything. Uh, and so they were, they renovated some houses that I kept as rentals, and then
0: the most of them we were just flipping. Okay, so you're managing the cruise, and you're flipping, at which point, because we've talked about you had some large machinery. Yeah. <laughs> was this in that time period? or This was a few years later. Okay. So, yeah, so I was still
1: probably full-time in the medical device field for about a year until I decided to go full-time in real estate. Got it. um and that's when i really started to go do some bigger things um so about well it all ended about a year ago so this, it started about two years ago I, I took a shot at a historic luxury flip um we thought it would sell for a lot more than it did and thought it would cost a lot
0: less than it did um so let's talk about that deal because yeah. i think this this is a part of your story yeah right like you don't get to where you are without this specific house mm, yeah so what was this house? So let's talk about the house. Yeah, it was this in
1: in a village of this pretty. I don't want to say ritzy, but one of the nicer towns in Rochester. Mm-hmm. And it was this historic property, one of a kind. Um, we thought, hey, this you know one of a kind property has all this history. It's going to sell for this big number. Um, so it, how
0: did you how did you come across that deal? A bandit sign. Bandit signs. Bandit so sign. you have bandit. You're putting out bandit signs. <laughs> yep. So you're wholesaling also, or you were only flipping at that time? At that time, I was wholesaling a little bit. Okay. I really wasn't focusing on it at all. I,
1: I started wholesaling because I, I got these. I was buying deals from wholesalers mm-hmm. and I saw the fees that they were making. I was like, well, I can do that. Like I don't <laughs> want to pay that to them. Yeah. Like, I just want to get that deal on my own. Yeah. Um. So I started doing that a little bit.
0: just okay. Really, just doing bandit signs at first. So you're doing bandit signs. <laughs> yep. And you get this lead, mm-hmm. and this house, you go to it. Like, did you know about the how distinctive it was before you? Yeah, went? It, it had one of those plaques out front. Um, it was like it you had, see in the movies, like where they got the plaques, like the history and everything. yeah,
1: okay, yeah. So it was on the historic registry. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an old Mason- It was first the the first schoolhouse in the village, and then they transformed it to a masonic temple. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was they they vacated that. And then I turned it into a single family
0: home. OK, so it wasn't a home when you it bought was it. never a house. OK, so what were you able to buy it for? Bought it for 200. OK, and what was your expectation? We thought it would sell for about a million. Yeah. Okay. And what because we all yeah. are super optimistic as entrepreneurs. Uh-huh. <laughs> we see the best case scenario That's right. every time what was it that caused you to think it was going to sell for a million you know we had a room full of smart experienced
1: people comping it out looking at the neighborhood looking at the history um seeing some other houses that were on the market that were not too far from there Mm -hmm. um and just thought based on the level of finish that we were going to put in there
0: that that's what we would get okay so you had smart people confirming it wasn't just your crazy idea right so smart people verified it should yep. sell for a million dollars. Mm-hmm. Acquired for 200. Yep. What was the renovation? $600,000. $600,000. Why was it so much? Gosh. There must have been a few so lessons in many there. many mistakes.
1: <laughs> Let's call them lessons. <laughs> lessons. Um, gosh. It... it we had to gut the entire thing Mm -hmm. we we rebuilt the whole house except for the exterior siding which was cobblestone okay so we took it i mean every single floor wall ceiling we had to reframe each window is in a historic neighborhood so we had to do everything like it was original Mm -hmm. each window there were 24 windows in the in the house cost three thousand dollars per window Okay. It added up real fast. Yeah, it did. Uh, we put in... I mean, we did everything. It
0: came out beautiful, mm-hmm. but it cost way too much. Were there... So, one lesson maybe about the windows in historic homes, <laughs> right? Which you sometimes have to learn. <laughs> what were two two other lessons that might have came out of that?
1: Every If you're flipping a house, it's going to take a lot longer and cost a lot
0: more than you think it will. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, you're getting to... Was there a point where you're like screw it or let's just sell it in its current condition was throwing in the towel at some point a consideration. I really wanted to finish it. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I had to fire a lot of contractors on the job.
0: Yeah. A lot. And were you doing this on the side or were you full time at this point?
1: I was full time at that point. Okay. Yeah. So this was that one job took up almost all my time.
0: And how long was that project? That took a year. So a year. Yeah. Kicking your ass. Bad. <laughs> 600,000 in, re- in renovations. Yeah. What did you end up selling it for? Gosh, I, I
1: honestly sometimes even forget because it was such a nightmare. Uh, we started the price out at like 975, I think. Which is in line. And and then we, we did so many price drops, it was ridiculous. It was on the market for a while. Um, I ended up losing at least $150,000 on that
0: job. Okay. It was nuts. (laughs) Okay, so, was it because of the lofty sales price, going way over budget, or dealing with contractors? Like what was the ultimate cause of that? Man,
1: I have to to take the blame. Mm -hmm. I mean, I found out, I learned a lot about myself in that process I bet. Uh, one of which is that I hate managing people, <laughs> especially contractors. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so that was
1: the last flip I did. Oh, really? That was the last flip. That was the last flip I did. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, I yeah, managing people and managing contractors, I, I can do it. I've done it before. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. It drives me nuts. Um, and you know, I'm I tend to be optimistic, and yeah. I sometimes that that helps me out because I go for things mm-hmm. and I take chances and. Lately, they've really worked out well. Uh, but on this
0: one, it was a big swing and a big miss. Gotcha. So, you know, one of the things we're talking about was paying off personal debt. Mm-hmm. So the 150000 loss on that one, mm-hmm. you didn't have that all in your bank account. No. <laughs> Where did that loss come from? So that and that was only part
1: of it. Mm-hmm. At that same time, while I was wrapping up that job i had started another company we were yeah great idea yeah uh we were i I thought it was gonna work (laughs) um we had started a development company Mm -hmm. we were going to be building houses and a lot of which we were going to keep as for our portfolio Mm -hmm. uh put the main operations running the crews and the construction in the hands of a very skilled craftsman uh, and honestly, I was blinded by his skill because he was, as a craftsman, top-notch. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wasn't at all who I thought he was. And he ran those crews and jobs into the ground. And we had we had six full-time guys. We had a couple other part-time guys. Mm-hmm. We had some big machinery. Uh, I think three or four large pieces of machinery, You know, 50, $70,000 pieces of machinery. Yeah. Um, that we ran out of money that everything was just being mismanaged. I was probably taking on too much Mm -hmm. at that time. Um, I put too much trust in him too soon and that company
0: just fell apart. When you say ran the crews and the projects to the ground, what does that mean? Like he, he, uh, was not for
1: as much as I say, I don't like managing people and I'm not good at it. um, He would tell me one thing and then the employee would come in and tell me a completely different story about how Mm. they were being treated. Got it. And so, uh, you know, I never witnessed it in person because he, I think he always put on one face in front of me. Uh, But according to these other guys, he treated them like garbage. Really? And, you know, people were, people were quitting and all the time. And, the jobs were constantly over time, over budget, and we were in the middle of building someone's house, and we ran out of money. Yeah. And I had to shut down the company. I had to lay off six guys. I had to surrender, voluntarily surrender all that machinery uh, as a result of all that. I mean, legal fees, all that machinery that I had to pay off. Legal fees? What legal fees? That homeowner. Mm. She wasn't happy. Yeah, I bet she was not. No. Um, that that was I mean this was the most stressful period of my life by far with those two things going on at the same
0: time and what year was this last year so 2019 this was last year so 2019 you've got this company which you felt would be going pretty good yeah Got ran into the ground hmm and then you finished because you didn't sound like you didn't start this flip but you finished the flip finished the flip in 2019 so what was your what were you in the hole on the on the development side that company at least
1: 175, probably a little bit more after all said and done. I mean, together between the
0: two, at least 350 in debt. And the thing that's crazy is I don't think it's crazy to take on two projects, right? It definitely sucks. Like crazy to have two projects go south. But that's kind of what we do as entrepreneurs. We take on (laughs) projects like, oh, we can do this. Um, I'll just do a quick aside. Uh, so last week I bought my daughter a bike. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, you see my tiny car, and we had to take the wheels off to put the bike in the car. <laughs> and I feel like this this guy set me up for failure when he asked me this question: How confident are you that you can put the tires back on? <laughs> As a guy, there's no answer except, right. of course I can do it. Right. Man, that took 30 minutes too long <laughs> 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 to put the wheel back on. Oh. So. So we have this problem where we think we can do everything. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, right. because like you said, you you're you're where you are because because you took chances. Yeah. So what about, you know, you're talking about 350 in a hole now between the two projects. You didn't have that money in the bank. No. <laughs> so what did you do? That was a really tough time. Uh,
1: I mean, we I had to liquidate my 401k. I sold my truck. We were selling stuff out of our house. Uh, honestly, if it wasn't for my parents, mm-hmm. I would have had to declare bankruptcy. Got it. It was really bad. It was. So I had married
0: some... with a newborn.
1: <laughs> married at that point, yeah, our daughter was one. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, when I say stress, I had, they say, you know, sick to your stomach. Mm-hmm. I got an ulcer. Like oh, I really? was going to the doctor. It oh, was bad. Got it. Like barely sleeping. I mean, it's just sitting up at night wondering, how am I going to deal with this? Mm-hmm. It was, it was by far the most stressful year of my life. Nothing, nothing comes close.
0: And then at this point you decided to go back to get
1: a job? Yeah. I, I was like, I'm done with real estate. <laughs> Screw this. Not worth it. <laughs> Those books were all no a sham. No way. <laughs> I, I was, my, my risk profile went from I'll take on anything mm-hmm. to I need something steady yeah I just need I, I put my wife through hell our we have a little daughter I need to provide some security some stability I can't let this happen yeah like we need to get back on track because before all that happened we were doing great right and then everything just went downhill real fast yeah and so I went back into medical device sales and that was just about the beginning of this year And I was fortunate enough to find something pretty quickly with Mm -hmm. the company I used to be with. Gotcha. Um, And I mean, that was, I was blessed to get that at a time where I was more stressed than I'd ever been in a financial spot I'd never experienced before. Uh, To get that was a huge blessing. Gotcha. And then we connected at some point around this time. So. Shortly after, so I had been there. So that started at the beginning of this year. Mm-hmm. And then so I was in so medical device. I was in the sur- in surgeries. I was in the operating room. Covid hit. But so you were you were actually inside. Yeah. Operating rooms. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Advising the surgical team on how to use our stuff. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty cool job. That's, um, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it was great. I, it was, I was doing really well. I had this new position that they created just for me to come back into the company to make it work. And so I was doing some traveling and advising people all around the Northeast on these new products. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and then COVID hit and surgeries just stopped right overnight. And so thankfully, you know, my boss was nice enough to be giving me a salary still, but I wasn't eligible for any commission because there was no surgeries going on. Mm -hmm. And you know me, I I can't sit still. I can't do nothing. And so I looked back and I said, well, there's there's still a lot of money in real estate. I'm not going to (laughs) flip. Never doing that. Yeah. Um, Wholesaling. I had done it before. I didn't love it, Uh, but it was always the margins were great. And I said, well, I know there's a better way to do it. I know there's other people who are doing this well and enjoying it and doing the process better than what I've been doing. Mm -hmm. So I said, I got to get a coach. I I need, I need someone to guide me on this journey because I know I can put it together. I just don't want to do it on my own because I know I've been trying that. I've been trying to do it on my own. Right. It's not working that great. (laughs) I can learn from other people who've already had that success. Mm -hmm and so i just started doing some research i was watching some videos i found one of your podcasts
0: and it's like Let me give that guy a call yeah and then here we are yeah so you went at that time so this is like right when covid struck so like around april march or april yeah and so we scheduled a call we mm-hmm. jump on so at that time real estate there was no transactions. There was no wholesales, no flips, nothing. You weren't, you were like, you tried it, that ship has sailed I'm done. Yeah. I was doing no real estate at that point. Okay. So we, we worked together, right? Schedule a call, worked together. What were the things that you say, the keys that really changed that really unlocked all this for you? What were some of the major keys? Yeah. So those lessons I learned
1: last year, you know, the value of other people
0: mm-hmm.
1: that just to have that community that support the value of other people's experience and knowledge. And so that just completely shift my mindset. And, and you can imagine that was a very humbling experience oh, last yeah. year. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I, I just, my mind just sort of switched. I said, you know, there are so many people that do so well at so many different things mm-hmm. and I can learn from them. Yeah, and not just from books because I constantly read. Yeah, uh, I but... was intimidated by how many books were behind you <laughs> when we did our call. Uh, so not just from books, but from actually interacting, taking coaching programs, mentorships, um, and then the, I mean, the, you guys just put everything together. Yeah, and it's not just because I'm sitting here with you now. I, I mean, I talk about this to anyone that asks. That it's. You've labeled it correctly. It's the blueprint. Mm -hmm. It it gives you everything you need. And if you actually take action on it consistently, you're going to get the results. Wholesaling isn't that complicated. No. It's if you're decent, if you're halfway decent at sales and you're into personal development and you're constantly trying to get better, you're going to have success in wholesaling. Right. So the systems that you guys created and taught, I just put that into play and consistently took action on it and it
0: completely changed my business. Yeah. But the thing is like we've coached a lot of people and then you kind of like flew out of the gate. (laughs) So for people, because you kind of touch on a little bit about consistent action, you want to emphasize that a little bit more because there's a lot of people that will learn, mm-hmm. but there's something different that separates. So what do you think that is? A lot of people talk about massive action. Mm-hmm.
1: That's not what gets success. That's, yeah. that's, it's never one big thing that gets you there. It's the little things every day. That's, it's not the sexy stuff. Yeah, It's the day in, day out work that is behind the scenes that no one sees it's the hours of role playing it's the constantly adjusting the script to fit my style yeah it's working on my crm so that the process flows nicely it's finding it's every little thing it's doing something each day to get a little bit better that's going to make the big difference over time right and when you combine that with my background in personal development i mean my you know you saw that picture of tony robbins holding me when i was like two or three yeah and so that's just been around me for a long time i think his what is it? his personal power two program Mm -hmm. it's cds it's like 30 days of cds oh yeah i've probably listened to that 15 times at least and it's a full 30-day program really um i started i finished it once i tried starting a second time it's intense yeah (laughs) and with the journal and everything and doing the whole i i my dad gave that to me when I was in high school at some point, mm-hmm. um, but he, you know, he worked with Tony Robbins. He had a Tony Robbins franchise. So that was just always sort of what I grew up with. And I just really latched onto it. Mm-hmm. So taking that personal development side of things and then combining it with the great system and
0: me moving very quickly with things in general. Yeah. It just took off. Yeah. Yeah. So I think absolutely just everything that you're able to do. I think it's incredible uh so you were already in medical device sales Mm -hmm. killed it i was doing well okay so now you've gone through our sales training what's different the this system
1: it's so different from pretty much every sales method that you'll you'll learn out there for the most part i mean most of it's a lot of questions trying to get as many yeses as you can Mm -hmm. um with this one I'm basically telling people not to sell to me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm asking very few questions. It's it, it's really interesting. It wouldn't seem like it works. It works amazingly well. It shouldn't work. It shouldn't. <laughs> not, but it does. With everything we know, it just shouldn't <laughs> work. It shouldn't. But it works so well. I, I mean, so many. It's it's statements, not mm-hmm. questions. Yeah. It's you're making a lot of assumptions and you're voicing it mm-hmm. and seeing how they react. Yeah. And and just using that and just. It's incredible how well it works. Um, so it's none of those yes, no questions. There's a few at the beginning.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: After that, there's almost no questions. Right. It's, you know, as you said the other day, it's you're making statements that behave like open ended questions. Exactly. And that's, it, it works so well. It's incredible. Cause like you said, people love to correct you. <laughs> and so if you make a statement that they don't agree with, they will correct you and tell you all the reasons why you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And then they're just, selling themselves at that point
0: exactly yeah i love it okay so um the systems the the processes the cells the selling mindset mm-hmm. you use attribute a lot of that to basically i mean if there was like a comeback player of the year i mean that's i think that's kind of like the award you would win <laughs> right in, in wholesaling so is that did i did i get that right yeah i think the
1: consistency mm-hmm. of the program as well you know having the frequency of the calls because you can learn something and maybe you'll be a little bit better afterwards Mm -hmm. but when you keep practicing that you take something new each time and you get a little you keep getting a little bit better and so you're on this upward trajectory and so that's where I see the big value in the program being for a longer period of time where we're constantly working we're constantly learning new things and we're going over a lot of the same stuff Mm -hmm. but there's so much value in that Because as you gain new experience in the marketplace, you're talking to new people, you have new things to reflect on. And so something that we're suddenly working on, you have a different perspective on it, and then you understand it in a totally different way.
0: Right, because you're actually doing it. Right. Um, So you had sent me a vision board, or a picture of a vision board. You wanna talk about that? Because I think this is good for a lot of people that are actually watching right now. Yeah, the message between us? the the vision board the picture like what was on your vision board you were saying like you were gonna be here one day oh yeah yeah so yeah so we
1: oh my gosh that conversation it seems like it was so long ago it, it wasn't that really long ago. wasn't that long ago no it was earlier this year um I think I, I said something like you know I I can't wait to be on the show mm-hmm. and and you said you're going to be one of my busy, biggest success stories. Yeah. Can't wait to have you on. Yeah. And that's up in my office right above my computer. And I thought it would be I was like, I'm going to I'm going to get on the show.
0: I can do it. hmm. I didn't think it'd be this quick. Not I, I don't know <laughs> if anyone would expect to be this quick, but I think that's awesome. Right. So I think that's a testament. I mean, selfishly or self-biased, you know, I think our, our system has helped. But at the end of the day, it doesn't happen without you taking the consistent action, which is something you guys heard me say. Few times in the introduction, the key is consistent action, not massive action. Um, and so, I want to talk about front row dads. but before we get to there, yeah, one thing you mentioned uh, is uh, the managing the people that you haven't enjoyed it—not your most favorite thing to mm-hmm. do. And so, we recently, uh, uh, actually today, we we're talking about predictive index. Yeah, and it's something that uh, Eric Brewer here on the show last week we we're talking about predictive index. So, you want to talk about how that tool has helped you bring on your your chief integration officer. Yeah, so the predictive index,
1: I wish I knew about it a long time ago. Me too. Even just for my own, for myself, for analyzing myself and my personal relationships. Um, but it it's amazing how accurate it is. Uh, it really, so Mike, the, the guy who's facilitating mm-hmm. the predictive index, was going through my results and he said, so at this time you were you were probably going through this type of thought process and you're probably this type of experience. And I hadn't told him any of this stuff. It was All like right. he was a fortune teller. Mm-hmm. And the accuracy of it is incredible. And so it, it allows you to really hone in on what you're good at, what your natural tendencies are, and then how you interact with other people, how you should maybe change some things based on your personality and who you're dealing with. Yeah. And then also you can create on there the great part about that for hiring. You can create these job profiles. And there's so many other people that have done that before and so you can match it up to past people who've done it. Mm-hmm. Say this is generally the type of profile you're going to want for this type of job. Right. And people submit their results and you see how well they match up and it gives you this whole guide of how to how to interview them and, and even how you're gonna interact with them and what you might need to adjust based on their style. And so, based on all that, I I learned about myself, like, hey, I'm a super driver, literally off the chart, um, couldn't get any higher. There was the arrow pointing all the way off the chart Mm -hmm. saying you are in in need of more control than pretty much anyone else. Yeah, you're (laughs) extreme. I'm very, very low on the patience scale, about, (laughs) Uh, two standard deviations less yeah. than the norm. Uh, so for needing to be in a ton of control, having low patience, having a little bit lower on the the extroverted side, more introverted, mm-hmm. I'm just not the best person for managing people. I just, I, I move too quick and I'm too impatient and I probably don't explain things as well as I could. And so I'm great if someone has a baseline level of knowledge and I'm just mm-hmm. there to like get them to the next level. Yeah. But it was the same thing in my personal training days like if i had to deal with a newbie i i couldn't stand it 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 just (laughs) drive me nuts like having to teach them the very basic stuff yeah Uh, but taking someone from they had some experience to that next level
0: that was my key that was where i was the best awesome so so guys that's a plug for predictive index but if you guys aren't convinced you guys can send me a message either on instagram or facebook i'll post a link to this later on as well where you guys can take the predictive index test. I've offered it before. So it's really crazy how accurate it is. And it wasn't until I took it that I realized like what's wrong with me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Why I I can collaborate with just about anybody, but man, being in a situation where I'm not like the majority decision maker, mm-hmm. I can't do it. Yeah. Like I can't have someone make decisions <laughs> for me. And just it just won't work. All right, so one thing that you and I were talking about uh, also was front row dads, and it's something you're really passionate about. And I think it's something that a lot of us, when we get into this business, we do it, You know, it, it's either for the money or for the time or both. Mm-hmm. I want to have more time, I want to have more money yep. or whatever. We all have this mindset and then we get into this business and we completely forget all about it. Yeah. And all we're doing is hustle and grind, hustle and grind. You see like memes all the time about hustling and grinding. <laughs> yeah. And so everyone's trying to see who can work more hours in a week. Mm -hmm. But you're taking a different approach. I'm working on it. Front row dads. I'm working on it. Yeah, so, you know,
1: as things have scaled really quickly for my business, uh, I found my my time wasn't a good reflection of my priorities. And family for me, you know, I, I lived in California for a year. I moved back to the East Coast because of family, mm. not for the weather. Uh, <laughs> certainly not for the weather in upstate New York. I hear Rochester's great.
0: Yeah, this time of year.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. You should come. <laughs> uh, and so, as I was getting busier and busier, I, I was I was finding you know I, I'm doing stuff after five. I'm doing stuff on the weekends for work. I'm mm-hmm. constantly answering emails, text messages for buyers, sellers. I, I was totally unbalanced. And so uh, a buddy of mine was a part of this group, and he had mentioned it to me, called Front Row Dads. And their whole motto is family men with businesses, not businessmen with families. Mm -hmm. And that resonated to me really strongly uh, because I saw myself going down this path, and I was thinking, if I keep going down this path, there's a big business and a lot of money down it. Mm -hmm. but my schedule is gonna be awful it's it's gonna i'm gonna sacrifice the things that are really the most important which are the relationships the why you're doing this right and well that's where so many people go wrong they say i'm working so hard for my family Mm -hmm. that's not true yeah you're doing it for yourself of course you're doing it for the things you can buy with it and for the clout and for social media, mm-hmm. and not because it's going to make you so much happier, right? Because really, money can buy only so much. Mm-hmm. If you lose all your relationships in the process, you're going to be miserable, right? There are plenty of billionaires, billionaires out there that are miserable mm-hmm. because they ruined all their relationships in the process. Yeah, and I saw what the business could become because I see all the people that are having so much success in it. But I wasn't willing to sacrifice on the relationship side. And so I needed to be surrounded by a group of people that had those same values. And this group, there are high level guys in there. Um, guys that, I mean, multimillionaires run big, big businesses, um, guys from all over the world. And that is their focus family first. Mm-hmm. While still operating really great businesses and so you know i'm i'm a new member i just joined maybe three four weeks ago yeah but i'm blown away i mean we just had a a full day online summit and i learned so much more than i thought i was going to and i mean for anyone out there who's thinking about their life being a little bit out of balance in terms of work and family and need to reprioritize and really start focusing on those people that are those relationships that are truly the most important. And you want some role models to learn from and collaborate with, it's the best group out there. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's, it's, I'm blown away by it. Yeah. And I think it's powerful. And I think it's, you know, for everyone to, you know, again, the reason why we get into the business, but then once we get in the business, you completely forget about yeah. it. Yeah. And so one of the questions I've heard before, and I think it's powerful is, you know, everyone says they're doing it for the family, but if I were to pull up on your calendar, would your calendar reflect right. that you're doing it for your family? That's right. And I think that's a really good point that you just hit on because we say it, but really we make enough money where we can stop, right? right? Or not that we could stop, but we don't have to go this hard. Right. Right. We can go 75, 80% mm-hmm. and still maintain pretty solid income. But well, growth is so addictive,
1: it is, it's you You have success and you see all the things you can do. And you're like, "Well, I just want to get it bigger. Mm-hmm. I want to do more. Yeah. It's not always better. It's not always better, but it's also what gets us out of bed. Right? It's that chase. It's a tough balance. Yeah. I mean, for, for hard driving entrepreneurs, that's probably one of the most difficult things mm-hmm. is balancing how much growth do you really need versus taking a little bit of a step back and focusing on those relationships. Yeah, it's 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 tough. I think that's probably one of the
0: biggest challenges that entrepreneurs have. Oh, it's absolutely one of the biggest challenges. And that's why I've said before, like, it's not it's tough being an entrepreneur, but it's got to be tougher being married to one. (laughs) (laughs) We put our wives through hell. Um, I believe that. (laughs) And so uh, I kind of had this mental exercise. I was talking to one of the guys that I mentor. Um, If we just because the way we're wired, Mm If someone just dropped ten million dollars in my bank account, fifty million dollars in my bank account, would I stop? No. I would just try to figure out how. What, what can I do with right. this? How can we get bigger? Yeah. How can we get faster? And yeah. it's just the way we're wired. Right. Yeah. So I think that's awesome that you you are intentional with this. You're focused on it because a lot of people kind of just, you know, they just keep driving and driving and, I think that's awesome that you you, you took your you reminded yourself and had the presence of mind. Uh, to, to To look at that. So for a lot of these guys that are listening, so we're talking about paying off 350000 personal debt yeah. to your parents mm-hmm. in six months. It's crazy to fathom. So I think people need to know what do your numbers look like? Yeah. Uh, it's honestly, it's still mind blowing to me.
1: Yeah uh just how different of a place we're in from one year ago. Yeah uh, I, I when that all that happened, I said, I'm never letting this happen again and I'm gonna get so far from it that we never have to worry about this again. Yeah. And so right now, we're averaging about it varies because we're constantly changing changing things. Um, Entrepreneur. yeah, <laughs> but this month, so far, I think I've signed thirteen contracts. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, some of those have have fallen through for various reasons. But um, we'll probably finish this month with about ten deals. Yeah. So for I mean for where we're at in the business for you know really only doing this six months full time I'm thrilled
0: with that progress. Yeah, I don't think anyone can complain about that. Yeah. So uh, for everyone listening, because uh, it's not necessarily easy to replicate what you've done. I wish I could say, hey, everyone just go do what Dan's done right. and replicate it. But there are some restrictions so or challenges that you may f- uh, run into trying mm-hmm. to replicate what you've done. So uh, for people listening right now, what is your number one lead source? So recently we started up with TV
1: and it's been incredible. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, we've gotten since since then in our group, I think four four or five of other guys have signed mm-hmm. up for TV because yeah. of the results they've seen uh, me have so far. Mm-hmm. And so that's the number one, but we've been constantly changing. I mean, we yeah. over the past six months, you know, we were doing texting. We haven't done cold calling. We we're doing bandit signs. We we're doing some online marketing, Facebook stuff. Yeah, You were doing a lot of Facebook marketing. I remember that direct mail. Um, and now we're really just focusing on TV cause it's, it's been so great.
0: Yeah. So you are, you're already on this, um, direction right you're on this momentum so you're doing a lot of texting Mm -hmm. so when we first started working together you're doing texting and facebook marketing yeah and then it's evolved well you were doing direct mail the whole time too actually you want to share everyone what your direct mail trick is because no one no one's doing direct mail the way you're doing yeah um well for the full details
1: (laughs) (laughs) the course is coming yeah um but i have yeah, I've set up a system where I can get handwritten direct mail out for less than sixty cents a letter. Yeah, um, and our our response rate is one point six five percent.
0: One point six five. Yeah,
1: that's really good. It's really good. Yeah, uh, it doesn't sound. I know it doesn't sound great for anyone who's not done direct mail. Yeah, if you don't know direct mail, that that sounds terrible. But for direct mail, that's double industry for, average. For direct mail, it's phenomenal. Yeah, um, and at a lot lower cost than if you try to get handwritten letters anywhere else, real handwritten letters by an actual person, yeah, not a, not a robot, not, not printed out it's actually handwritten uh, it'll cost you 3-4 bucks a letter Yeah. so um, set up a system which I plan on launching a course for that mm-hmm. um, it's, that's been great because the response rate has been phenomenal and it's, it's I, I don't have to manage that at all right. it's, it's fully set up um, that's a great system yeah.
0: So, direct mail, TV, where are you with texting? Stopped. Stopped doing it. Stopped texting altogether. Okay. I think
1: we stopped three weeks ago or so. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was going great for a while. Really good. It was going really good. And I probably even got into texting pretty late in the game compared to when it was at its high. Yeah. Um, but I just, I was tracking the numbers and every, maybe... What was it two two months ago mm-hmm. it just started to go downhill mm-hmm. just the return wasn't there anymore yeah and it's such a management intensive method of marketing
0: mm-hmm.
1: you have to you can't have a robot send it a person has to send it and then you yeah. have to monitor that you have to do quality control um, it's a lot of people management, which I don't want to be in that business. <laughs> <laughs> I want to have the leanest team possible got it or at least someone else running that team yeah. I don't want to be managing those people. So for me it was an easy choice. The the return was going down. It was taking more and more to get the same number of leads. Mm-hmm. Um, there was so much competition and so the calls the the response when when a homeowner is getting contacted by 10, 11, 12 people there's they get sort of nasty. <laughs> <laughs> Do they? They're not the best conversations. They're yeah. not thrilled to talk with you. Yeah uh and so i you know i didn't i never loved doing that i was mm-hmm. just doing it because the deals were there yeah uh and then once i actually i forget what book i read but it was it, it talked about concentration risk mm-hmm. and how if you are too focused on any one thing that's where all your liability is mm-hmm. and so if that one marketing method goes downhill your business goes away yeah And so for me, hearing about all these regulations, that all these carrier restrictions, Mm -hmm. you know, them saying, sending these automated messages at the end of your text, like if you wanna opt out, say end or whatever Mm -hmm. it was. And so there were all these restrictions and I just saw the writing on the wall and and smart guys like yourself were saying, texting is probably gonna be over pretty soon. Yeah, It's not gonna last that much longer. And I was looking back at some videos from like a year ago and everyone was saying that same thing. And now it, was, it kept going down and everyone was saying, yeah, are you getting these results too? Like mm-hmm. my response rate and my deliver, deliverability rate is down by like 30% yeah. or whatever it was. And so I saw the writing on the wall and at that point I said, I, I need to explore some other options for mm-hmm. marketing so I can diversify my risk a little bit, but also get something that gives me a better return with less people management. Right. Um, so who are you managing? right now hopefully no one soon but you still uh, have to manage one person still one person (laughs) Uh, so i have uh our 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 team right now is pretty lean Mm -hmm. you know i have a a full-time va in the philippines she's Mm -hmm. a rock star um i have a few other part-time vas i have a sign poster who's local for bandit signs Mm -hmm. um i just hired a chief integration officer he just started on monday um, he's a rock star and he's he's once he's fully trained up, he's pretty much gonna be running the day to day operations. Got it. And managing the people, mm-hmm. which he likes to do. Really? So for me that's great. That's weird. <laughs> so bandit signs. Yep. You're still doing bandit signs. I am still doing bandit signs. You're still getting leads from it. Sometimes I forget about it. Yeah. Uh, the calls aren't frequent, mm-hmm. but the the lead to prospect ratio is really high. Interesting. Those. If someone calls those, they're probably pretty motivated.
0: Very interesting. Um, so Ryan Kenney wants to know the process with doing TV. I guess if someone wanted to do TV, any recommendations for them? They
1: should talk to Darren. Yeah. Uh, Darren Dammy. He is with Bullseye Branding. Yeah. Um, there. So some really big names use use their services Mm -hmm. um you know a lot of hopkins being the biggest one (laughs) doug hopkins uh ryan Mm panita soon to be steve trang soon to be steve trang well Uh, really max jimenez steve's behind the scenes okay max jimenez um a bunch of other guys in our group a lot of guys in cg Mm -hmm. um i mean it's a fully automated process which for me was ideal because like i said hate managing people yeah and the simpler and leaner i can get it the better and so they do every, I mean, they, all I had to do was show up for the shoot, for the, the commercial mm-hmm. and, and film that, but they set that all up. They, they talk to the stations, they do all the ad buys, and they do it really intelligently because they have data from all over the country and all the markets they're in. Maybe they're in, I don't know, 35 markets or so all around the country with, with other wholesalers. Yep. And they look at the call logs. When are people calling in? what numbers did they call and they track that to what station that came from what tv show what time and then they use that data to make good decisions for your ad buys right i don't i never decide what commercials what times how many slots i never look at any of that stuff you're not the guy so i'm i'm totally off hands offhand with that stuff and all i have to do is is get the leads when they come in
0: Yep. Uh, and then what's the process from TV to close? I'm guessing when you lead comes in on a TV, Mm -hmm. generally call in website. So so I, I think
1: it's 75% will call 25% will do a web form. Mm -hmm. And so we have our, our leads manager, who's the first point of contact. They will qualify and disqualify those leads. If they're qualified, they'll move on to acquisitions where they set an appointment. And so right now I'm doing all the acquisitions. So Mm -hmm. I'm physically going to the the appointment to the house. Uh, If we get that under contract, um, then well, he just asked through closing. So yeah, uh, goes through the traditional transactions coordination until closing. Uh, Unfortunately, New York is an attorney state and about the slowest state you can be in for real estate transactions. Uh, so I mean I have stuff that's my pipeline is
0: full Yeah, (laughs) let's say that Uh, and Jake Washburn wants to know if you aren't good at sales and you're a wholesaler solopreneur what would you recommend if you aren't good at sales um, is he already in
1: wholesaling or looking Uh, to get into it 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 sounds like he's already in it okay well I would say lean on your strengths Mm -hmm. and so if you're not great at sales, get someone who is. Um, put them on straight commission. Because if they don't produce, you're not paying them anything. Right. But if they are good at sales, they're going to be extra motivated because they're on commission. Mm-hmm. So if I guess if you don't want to hire someone, then you need to learn sales. Yeah. And you need to learn sales sales from
0: Steve. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. If you need to get good at sales. We basically like engineered <laughs> good sales program. Yeah, took our engineering brain and applied it to sales. Um, so David wants to know about predictive index. Yeah, I'll definitely send you guys a link later on for for predictive index. Um, it's expensive. Predictive index is expensive. If you if you're buying it for yourself, yeah, if you're buying it for yourself, but we can give them a free test. But it's worth it. Absolutely. If you're worth hiring it. a team, it is worth it. Yeah. Like the the cost, do you know what it is? A cost of a bad hire is how much? Oh gosh, (laughs) I don't know the stats, but. It's usually a lot more than
1: the cost of the employee. Oh yeah, it's like like 150%
0: of their yearly salary or Mm -hmm. something like that, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's really important to get right. And as entrepreneurs, we're impatient. Yeah. We don't wanna do it right. (laughs) And so you gotta use this, you gotta get it right because a wrong hire is actually more expensive than the program itself. Uh, Samuel wants to know, what's, what was your success like with Facebook ads? So this probably isn't a good
1: representation uh, because for anyone that's read uh, Traction or anything by Gino Wickman, so I'm a visionary all day. Scored a 97 out of 100 on the visionary scale. So in terms of the, the fine details. What you score on the visionary scale? 97.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: 97 or 98. It was one of those. <laughs> Very high. Yeah so in terms of details, that's not me. Yeah. So I took, I I took information and that someone else was doing and having success with and, and sort of just let that run. Mm -hmm. Um, but in terms of constantly tweaking things and monitoring the stats and that stuff just drives me nuts. Yeah. Um, so I sort of set it and let it go. I know that's not the way I should do it. So that's why I actually sort of stopped doing Facebook ads right now until I have someone that can do that.
0: Because um, you were not being responsible with your marketing dollars. I
1: wasn't. So I, well, that and really with TV right now, I'm getting more leads than I can handle.
0: Yeah. So
1: I didn't need to be wasting money, mm-hmm. uh, particularly when I wasn't monitoring it. Yeah. So I was spending this money on on Facebook ads, not a ton, like 50 bucks a day, but mm-hmm. it adds up yeah um and i wasn't really being responsible with the stats on it so i turned it off and i will turn it back on once my team can handle the increase in leads and once i have someone who can track that track all the stats figure out where we should be and making those tweaks on a regular basis to make
0: sure we're being responsible with that marketing dollar absolutely um George Gutierrez wants to know what county do you target? So right now we're just
1: in Monroe County so in Rochester But soon to be? Yeah so within the next 12 months uh, we're going to be also in Buffalo and Syracuse New York
0: Going to be king of western New York That's right. Um, at some point maybe they'll call it Dan Bro Stadium <laughs> or wherever the Bills play <laughs> uh, uh, Shane Impsen wants to know what's the monthly spend for your TV presence currently? So, all
1: in with the marketing fee and the ad spend, I'm at 13500 Yeah. Not very much. For what it brings in, it's not. Yeah. It's... Uh, and the leads are hot. Yeah. They are hot. Uh, if someone's calling a TV lead, I mean, it's not... It takes lead to a whole other level. Because if you, if you think about, like, a text lead, mm-hmm. it's not even... It's oran- apples and oranges. Yeah. So a text lead is just someone who says, yeah, I want to sell. Mm -hmm. But when someone calls based on your commercial, they're probably going to be pretty motivated. Yeah. So it's like a PPC lead. Um, There's usually going to be very little competition. These aren't lists you can buy a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Or if they would be on a list, they're not on it yet Mm -hmm. because it happened so recently. So a lot of times on these TV leads, they're not talking to anybody else right It's exclusive they haven't so there's no i'm not in a bidding war yeah it's it's great
0: (laughs) oh that's awesome uh warner kiroga wants to know where can he get a nice plaid shirt like the one you have on
1: i got this at uh my
0: wife ordered the trunk club for me yeah well i think what we should do is we should sign it and sell it
1: I'll sell it to him. Yeah, I think for I'll the right price. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right,
0: Ernesto wants to know, how much were you spending a month on Facebook leads and how many leads were you getting?
1: So we were doing 50 bucks a day on lead generation and then another, I think it was only like $8 a day on, on retargeting. Um, I did that for a few months. I think I got like three or four deals out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't bad. But it, the timing for me wasn't right. I'll do it again uh,
0: when I have someone to monitor it. Yeah, and it's something we've talked about as well. Is we have to change it because now it's got to be branded. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You got to flood that branding. Uh, Claude Moss wants to know how much are you spending on TV ads, which you already talked about. Uh, Thirteen and five. Thirteen five. And are you using a cable network? They so
1: I think right now we're on three or four different channels. I. The main, you know, whatever the main ones are right now, it might be Fox, ABC, NBC. I don't yeah. know. All the main ones. They're, the ma- major networks is where those TV spots go.
0: Yeah. Um, so, not guys, keep a push your questions. Happy to answer them. Um, so, tangent. Your dad was a franchisee for Tony Robbins. Yeah. What was that like growing up? Well, I was one. So, I don't remember,
1: Uh, (laughs) but I know he, I think he was just in the Rochester area, but he, if my memory serves me correctly, I think he was the number one franchisee in the country, and Mm -hmm. he, so he won
0: uh, a trip to Fiji with Tony. Wow. Yeah. So he's been in Fiji that long. Tony Robbins. Yeah. He's had that resort for... 30 years yeah because i remember him like i think it was one of his dvds or or cds and it was that um he bought a place in fiji just Mm -hmm. so his friends could come and hang out yeah it's pretty solid yeah that's that that's the place yeah it's probably a little bit more expensive now than it was 30 years (laughs) ago um let's see we kind of talked about a little bit but maybe this is different what is your biggest struggle right now I would say two things and
1: it's probably pretty similar for most entrepreneurs is people. So managing people, but finding the right people, Mm -hmm. because the wrong people can ruin your business and make your life miserable. Yeah. Um, so finding, you know, a lot of people have probably, who is it? Jim Collins, the right, right people on the bus in Mm -hmm. the right seats. So, and that's where having these tools like Predictive Index goes a really long way. Making sure that, first off, you have the right people on your, in your company and that their values fit. That's probably number one, mm-hmm. is that they're a values fit. Not that they have the skill set. You can teach skills. Mm-hmm. You can't teach values. Someone's either a good person or they're not. Right. They either have similar values to you or they don't. And so if you're not a match there, it's probably gonna cause some friction. Mm -hmm. So people management, getting the right people on the team and training them properly, holding them accountable, all the people management stuff that I hate doing, (laughs) that I (laughs) recently hired someone for, um, that's one of my biggest struggles. The other one is balancing the time and, and the almost opposing motivations of, Growing the business, doing more, getting bigger, making more money versus almost slowing down, handing off some of the reins, spending more time on relationships with my family. Those things clash. Mm -hmm. And so that's why, you know, coming back to that front row dads, like it's a community where that's, these guys are all dealing with that, Mm -hmm. but they've come up with these strategies to deal with it really effectively. Yeah. And so just learning from other people is so key like there's so many people i know they go to youtube university and they look at all these different people who are doing all this great stuff and they're they're but they're stuck in education mode Mm -hmm. and they don't put it into action it doesn't matter education doesn't matter that much it matters what you're actually doing yeah because theory is not the same as reality right i can i can know how to drive i You know theoretically know how to drive an f1 race car Mm -hmm. (laughs) put me in it
0: yeah no (laughs) well we kind of drove one earlier we did it was amazing yeah teslas are awesome uh what is your superpower
1: taking action yeah um you know i think the the predictive index just sort of solidified that for me that i have a real tough time slowing down Mm -hmm. um and i just even if something isn't perfect, I know it's not going to be perfect, but I'm going to go, I'm going to try, I'm going to do it. I'm going to work every day to make it a little bit better each day. Yeah. And so, you know, this past year, you know, I was, so I got back into that medical device job and then I said, well, I can't, it then COVID hit. I said, I couldn't, I can't do nothing. Mm -hmm. I have to do something. I have to take some action. Got into real estate again in, in wholesaling and Started taking action on that. That started going really well. And I decided to leave that stable, good, really good job. Again. Again. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> um, but I was able to do that because I was taking consistent action. Mm-hmm. Again, not massive action. It was right. consistent action. It's it's your daily habits that make the difference. It's, it's like anything. It's like working out. Like you can't go to the gym one time work your bot off and then you're in great shape. Yeah, you have to do it every week. You have to do it multiple times a week
0: consistently Yeah, (laughs) every day. Do was it dues rents due every day, every day. Yeah. Uh, So Warner wants to know what does the next five years look like for Dan bro? So the next 12 months,
1: uh, plans are to double what we're doing in Rochester Mm -hmm. and then also expand into Buffalo and Syracuse and be doing a little bit less than what we're doing right now in both of those cities. Yeah. So that's the next year. Um, after that, I want to purely step into a visionary and owner role for the wholesaling business. And then I'm gonna get into some other things. Um, I want to, I want to do coaching. I love coaching, uh, something I've been doing for a long time. I wanted to get, I want to get into that space. Um, I want to get into some bigger holds, like storage facilities, mm-hmm. uh, self-storage facilities. I wanna get into that um, and really free up my time and energy so that I can focus on my unique abilities, the things that I'm the best at and give me the most energy yeah. so that I can have that choice. And I'm not doing stuff that's so time-sensitive like answering calls, answering emails, going on appointments, the stuff that is so time specific that almost handcuffs me from spending my time how I really want to when the opportunity arises. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you know, it might be a beautiful day and I wanna spend that time with my family. Well, if I have a bunch of calls or emails or appointments, I can't do that. Yeah. So for me, it's getting my business to that point where I'm owning a business, not running a business. And then I have choice and time and flexibility, which is a big reason why a lot of people, I think, get into entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't get there because they get so sidetracked by
0: growth. Yeah, they get bogged down, lose sight. Um, Mike Higgins wants to know, what's your personal um, morning routine?
1: My personal morning routine. um, So it's been a little different lately because I have a seven week old. Um, so mornings are a little more difficult than mm-hmm. normal. Um, but my wife has taken on the vast majority of the responsibility there. So I can't complain too much. Mm-hmm. She's, a, she's a rock star. Yeah. Um, but I so I've learned a lot of different things. There's different breathing exercises Um one ones called box breathing and it's it's a you it's typically done to a four count. It can be done to any interval, Mm -hmm. but it's you, you inhale for four, hold for four, exhale for four, hold for four. Mm -hmm. It's very energizing and relaxing and it sort of centers you. Um, I do, I have my, my morning questions, my power questions. You can ask, there's a ton of different questions, but it's all, you know, what am I grateful for? What am I excited about? Why is today going to be great? Why am I so lucky? Why am I? All these positive things. Because when, you know, th- this is all Tony Robbins stuff, mm. uh, That those questions. If you ask yourself a question, your mind will come up with an answer. Yeah. So you might as well ask a better question. Ask good questions. Not, why do I have to get up so early? Mm-hmm. Why is it so cold out? <laughs> why is the world the way it is? Those are crappy questions. You're going to mm. get a crappy answer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But if you ask good questions every single day, what am I happy about? What am I really excited about today? How does that make me feel? You're going to be jazzed for the day. Yeah, you're going to be feeling really good because the first hour of the day, you know, the golden hour. It's 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 the rudder of the day. It sets the the direction for the rest of your day. So if you start out and, you, and the first thing you do is is you go on and you check your email and you check Facebook, you're starting off the wrong way. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're starting off by, you're comparing yourself to other people. You're, you're going to be wanting what they want, what they have, or what it looks like they have. You're going to be dealing with issues right off the bat. Take a little time for yourself. Mm -hmm. Ask yourself good questions. I work out first thing in the morning. I get me time in, I'm going to take care of the dogs and everything too. Um, but I really, I hold that time sacred and it's the most important time of the day, that and right before bed, asking yourself those same questions. And it, it, they can be the same questions, they can be different, but they need to be empowering questions. And that stuff will feed into your subconscious the whole night. And making that stuff a habit, f- starting off, you'll probably have to write it out, do it in a journal. After a while, it'll just be routine. When I lay in bed, those, pop, those questions just pop into my head mm. it, it, because I've been doing it so long. So that's, that's the routine that, that I have, that I know a lot of other people have and have had great success with
0: it. Yeah, that box method is interesting because that's what Tony Robbins talks about and I think in Personal Power too. Uh, so <laughs> it's not like you've gone and changed the formula, you're still doing you're it. Right. Um, David Lamb has an interesting question. Um, how did you get to that consistent habit to create that snowball effect? And it might, you might have touched a little bit on your morning routine, but like how, how, how do you, ensure that you're consistent. And he he points, he points us out because right now he's stuck in YouTube University. Yeah. So,
1: so I'll take this from their perspective of he's stuck in YouTube University, trying to figure out when he can make that leap to actually Mm. taking action. At some point, it's gonna be a leap. There's gonna, there's no guarantees. You will mess up. You experienced You're gonna mess up a lot. there's no avoiding that mm-hmm. but you have to take action because it doesn't matter how much you know if you don't put it to work so at some point whether it's just taking a chance and just putting something on your calendar by this date no matter where I'm at this is what I'm doing I'm getting to this point I'm going to and you don't have to it, it maybe you have a regular job right now I don't know, but. Don't quit your job right away. Mm-hmm. I was in I was doing real estate pretty much full time while I had another full-time job for a full year and and saved up a good amount of money. So I made a pretty safe decision. Other people wouldn't think it was safe because I was leaving a six figure job, mm-hmm. but I was still smart about it. But you you have to just take a leap at some point. You yeah. can't keep waiting. There's never gonna be a perfect time
0: never something is always going to pop up it's always a reason not to and i think that's what i've told some people when i like, when's the right time to quit and i tell them well this is when's the right time to get married right when's the right time to have kids never there's no <laughs> right time it's never a you good time pick a date <laughs> and you just go with it yeah so the world isn't going to stop it's not going to slow down it's gonna, always going to be happening it's definitely not going to stop for you right yeah all right so i'm going to ask a question uh and this is just purely for me, mm-hmm. it's going to replay this later on. Yeah. So knowing what you know now, was it worth working with Max and me Oh my gosh! and signing up on the Disruptor Blueprint system? Gosh, giving me softballs
1: here. <laughs> I've, I've said it once, I'll say it again. Signing up with your program was the best business decision I ever made. It completely changed my business. It took me from a point where I really didn't like wholesaling because I didn't like the process. Mm -hmm. I felt like the sellers that I was working with didn't love the experience. I always felt like bringing my buyers through to show the property was a little awkward. And I just never felt great about it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Now, man, these sellers, they are so thankful. They love me. They, I, they call me their savior, their hero. They're, they are so thankful and they enjoy the process so much more because I have a better process yeah. and I put it into work. And I, I mean, probably 95% of what I do is what I learned in your program. And it's, I mean, for, I know there are a lot of programs out there there are guys. Steve is not paying me for for this. Uh, this is just me saying this honestly, that, uh, I know there are a lot of programs out there. Steve is one of the best sales trainers in the game anywhere. He is the sales trainer for one of the biggest mastermind groups that has these big players that are yeah. trying to sell you their programs too. <laughs> He's training them. So what does that tell you? I, I mean, it, it can't, it doesn't get any better than Steve. And one other thing I would say is that any good, consistent coach, look at any, Vince Lombardi, John mm-hmm. Wooden, any of these guys, they drill the fundamentals consistently. Right. And so many of these courses are so appealing and so sexy because they're trying to teach this fancy stuff that is five levels beyond the basics. hmm that's not where people need to start. That's not what's gonna get you to that next level. What's gonna get you to that next level is being really, really good at the fundamentals. Yeah. And we, this program will get you really good at the fundamentals. It's a blueprint for wholesaling success. It will give you, if you follow what Steve tells you and you put it into action consistently, and you keep trying to get a little bit better and you practice, you will drastically change your business and you will wonder why you didn't do it years ago.
0: Yeah. So thank you for that. I probably (laughs) should pay you for that. Um, I'll take it. (laughs) So I want you to leave, uh, what, think about what thought you want to leave listeners with while I make a couple of quick announcements. Guys, again, if you got value today, please like subscribe, share, comment, it really helped us a lot because that's what the algorithms want to see. Um, and then next week we got uh, Brian Snyder and Brett Snodgrass flying in to talk about their business. Um, and then again, yeah, we get the workshop, right? Disruptors.com, go there, see if you qualify. Our workshop's going to be November 14th and 15th. So last thoughts. Yeah, I would say
1: other than everything, if I'm going to add something new, mm-hmm. Anyone who's in this business, or, or any business, treat it like a business. Because I, I would put money that if you were to take any of the guys that have been on, on your show, take them out of real estate wholesaling, put them in another business, they would have success. Because they know how to run a business, mm-hmm. and they've set up the systems, and they've learned how to hire people, and evaluate people, and do marketing and sales. They know how to run a business. And so many people, I think, struggle in wholesaling and say it doesn't work because they're not actually running a business. Right. They haven't learned how to do that yet. And so you need to treat it like it's a regular business, like any other. It's not some hobby you can just do half ass. Yeah. If it's going to take work, any business is going to take work. This one just happens to have higher margins. Yeah so the things you see on youtube and on social media are totally possible there are plenty of people doing it but they're doing it because they have great businesses and they work their butts off right so take that consistent action run a real business and if you don't know how learn how because there are a lot of people that can teach you yeah steve is one of them steve honestly if you guys are looking into programs, if you're looking to, into coaching programs, you're trying to get started in wholesaling or take your game to the next level, book a call with Steve. He's a, he's an awesome guy, an awesome coach. The the program is incredible. It will give you I haven't calculated the return. I probably should have. But for for how much I paid, I would have paid so much more for
0: the yeah. program. Well, I appreciate that. For someone that wants to get a hold of you. How would they do that? They can find me on
1: Instagram at Action Dan Bro, without O B R O, because <laughs> everyone would pronounce it wrong if I spelled it the right way.
0: <laughs> it's not brawled. Looks like brawled. It looks like brawled. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you. This was awesome. Thank you. Disrupted. See, we real estate disruptors Can't nobody touch us And yeah, we about to give you game Shout out to Steve Train Real estate disruptors They cannot touch us And yeah, we about to give you game Shout out to Steve Train Jump on the Steve Train We about to give you game is flowing through my, through my veins And you don't have to lick no further See right here, you gon' learn everything Yeah, see we real estate disruptors